What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 101 of the Open Guard Cast. Uh, my name is Danny. Jake can't make it today, unfortunately, but we have a really cool guest, Ryan McGuire, Third Coast Grappling, and also now of Fight to Win. And uh, we had Ryan on episode 77, so if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that one, definitely go back and, and listen to that. We talked a lot about like the origins of Third Coast and Ryan's start in jiu-jitsu, and that was a really fun episode. But, Ryan, thanks again for, for joining me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. I mean, you guys are, are one of the very few that I, uh, I say yes to. You know, people always are wanting to talk and wanted to do this and that. And I'm like, man, like, I really hate talking about myself. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, what people don't know is I have, like, I'm actually a pretty socially anxious person. So all this stuff kind of makes me, you know, a little anxious and nervous. But, you know, I've learned to, I've gotten better over time. But, yeah, yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. That's awesome. That really means a lot to us that you'll take the time for us. And, um, yeah, we just really appreciate everything you've done for us and for just jujitsu in general. So just mm. want to let you know that. Right on, man. So, obviously, there's been a lot of big news in the jiu community lately. You announced that you partnered up with Seth to do some of the matchmaking for Fight to Win. So, do you want to talk about how that relationship kind of started and when that idea started to to come, like, into both your heads as a possibility? Man, honestly, me and Seth have always had a kind of a complex <laughs> relationship. Um, in the beginning, like, Third Coast Grappling 1, it was uh, – you know, we're, we're coming up through, you know, Professor Dracolino's gym, uh, Professor Brandon Mullins. Um, he's my main kind of my mentor and kind of, you know, my main professor. He uh, mm-hmm. was best friends with Seth growing up. Like they were, you know, they went to high school together. They wrestled together. They did, you know, Seth taught Brandon judo. Brandon taught Seth wrestling. You know, Seth, awesome. I think, Seth, I think, was the only uh, kid to, uh, to win like uh, a wrestling state championship in Texas just using judo moves. <laughs> that's awesome i didn't it know was, him and brandon were close like that that's awesome. yeah they were like yeah they were like best friends they're still really close and um you know so there was that connection so it's like he sees us coming up out of the gym and i'm being all brash and cocky and you know whatever just, i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm just out there <laughs> trying to get get attention and, and make people mad and, and get them to pay attention <laughs> to our product i didn't really i mean that was kind of what i was doing and a lot of that was kind of modeled after him you know like seeing how seth kind of his uh, personality was in the industry at the time. And it was a little bit away from who I really am as a, mm-hmm. as a person. I kind of had to like turn it up the, the cheese up a little bit. And it was <laughs> like, I didn't have the heart for it. Like I could like be this character, but like, I don't like people talking crap back to me or wanting to like, you know, all this beef and all this stupid drama over that. Like, so I was like, man, uh, this isn't really working for me. So, um, but no, like with Seth, um, you know, we just had some beef over, I think it was before COVID happened, you know, we canceled our 3CG4 card because of, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else was canceling it. But yeah. it was after the Substars debacle happened and, you know, athletes weren't getting paid and, you know, people were very sensitive in the industry, you know, to events like that. And um, at the time, you know, um, our staff was, was, was a lot slimmer and going into 3CG4 is just so many, you know, with COVID on the rise, nobody really knew. And we had some really good insight on our side. With somebody like in the you know, in the know that you know virologists um, you know all kinds of people that were guiding us and we were like man we're gonna have literally on the way like not the first thing we did was like stop you know any travel outside of texas from coming in yep. and we we're gonna try and make it a texas only card and salvage it that way mm-hmm. and uh when we did that literally on the way to weigh-ins i'm driving and i have to make the call like guys we got to cancel city just announced this this just happened and it broke my heart like i literally took the offer hint, like turned around and uh i went home and i, I almost cried honestly and uh because like canceling a show to me is like is like uh i don't know that's like something like something it's like a, the biggest like no in show business like whether it's uh in music or whether it's here if you cancel a show that's like it's a bad thing mm-hmm. and like so when we canceled it you know there were some things around it where we were trying to get some sponsorships from uh you know mo from uh, adcc he was helping with a few of the fights um on the card and then there was, uh, you know, there's some competing egos and personalities around. I mean, it, it, it sucked for a lot of people. I mean, like Gordon was going to make, you know, some decent money on that card. And, you know, people were just seeing it as, I mean, I can't blame them for how they saw it. Because at the time, it's like going back, say, like pre-9-11 and post-9-11. Like people were thinking and living such a different way the day before 9-11. And the day after 9-11, it's like a completely different mindset. So it's like. Yeah we were the kind of the, the front liners that were like, Hey, we've got to do something right. You know, I have a lot of really smart people around me. You know, I'm not the smartest in some ways, but I'm smart enough to bring in really smart people. And, um, yeah. you know, at the time it was just, 
the city closed down, things went down, and we had to do what we did. But in the process, we kind of, uh, you know, upset some of the order because I guess, you know, leading up to the event with the uncertainty with what was going on with COVID, you know, we were kind of distracted trying to figure that out, maybe drop the ball on some communication with, you know, athletes for travel or, you know, whatever. It was just like little things that kind of turned into big things that shouldn't have ever, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. And um, looking back, I don't really blame anybody at that time. You know, I learned a lot as a as a promoter, as a as a businessman, everything. I mean, going through that whole debacle with, uh, you know, having to cancel the event and then having to deal with the aftermath of, you know, but some of the biggest names or the biggest players, you know, in the game coming at me, you know, like, so I was like, um, I'm still relatively new in my eyes. And I'm like, God, dog, like, these are people I've looked up to. And, you know, I, I had to see a different side. And we all got different sides, you know, like, we all mm-hmm. have our front stage and backstage. We all have our, you know, like, come here, let me talk to you real quick. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, it's, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but it was, uh, it was a very ugly time. And there was a lot of, I think, anger and just, you know, people didn't know what to do. I mean, we were told to stay in our houses, people that own their own businesses or were in the live event business like myself and Seth and, and Mo and whoever else were basically told we can't make a living, you know? So it was, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a very stressful time. And Seth, I think was, he told me himself, he felt threatened at the time, you know, by us that, you know, we were coming in, we we're making all these waves, you know, with flow grappling, they were giving us more coverage and they were doing all this other stuff and kind of pushing him to the side. And he's, he's not going to get mad. I'm saying this. It's just it's just the truth. You know, we we talked through it and, um, you know, there were some things that happened with flow to where they were trying to kind of keep us apart. They didn't want me and Seth kind of, you know, becoming close or talking or maybe tr- sharing, you know, industry secrets or, you know, just, you know, there was a lot of weird stuff going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't, you know, uh, something private that we were looking to leave potentially you know, at the end of this contract. So, you know, we did our Kumite events and through that, you know, we gained a lot of respect just by grinding through it and being one of the only few events that were out there to give the athletes an opportunity to perform, to keep your, their skills sharpened, make some money and, you know, kind of keep the jujitsu economy moving. And there was barely any of us doing that. And Seth was one of them, you know, and, you know, he was the first one. And then, I mean, you can say submission underground or whoever, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't get, I don't, it's a different i consider them a little different i don't i don't yeah it's not no no disrespect but it's uh it's just a different thing but you know seeing seth get back out there you know it it made me kind of like hey you know if he's out there we've got to get back out there you know like there's no this thing gonna keep us down because i was like distraught i thought well all this hard work we did and we put into the business is now gone so uh i remember just laying around and finally came up with the idea for the tournament series because you know, we're, we're only allowed to make matches, you know, in the confines of our contract with our provider. If, mm-hmm. if you're with a fight pass or a flow grappling or whoever, like you have to work within a contract. So within our contract, we were kind of, you know, I would say, I wouldn't say put in a corner, but we were very limited with what we could, with what we could do with yeah. regards to that. But we were able to work with flow and come up with a, you know, with something they agreed on and, um, you know, we went after it, but, you know, it was during those times, you know, where Seth and I started connecting and, you know, talking and just kind of nobody really understands the business side of this unless you're in it day to day. And like with a Seth, it's kind of how it is. Um, you know, he's the man over there and with three CG, you know, I'm the man on the front, but I also have a great team behind me that supports me. And, um, you know, I don't think that's something, you know, Seth has around him right now. He had to get rid of some, uh, you know, some tough people around him that, you know, maybe did him wrong. And, you know, he's kind of, I mean, he's not, you know, I'm sure he's not very innocent in all of it, but he's also, I could tell just by talking to him and being around him that, you know, he's, he just wants to, to do what I want to do. And that's continue to grow the sport, hit every city and, and find a way to get everybody training jujitsu. Because if everybody's training uh, jujitsu or at least enjoying it or whatever, I mean, it's, I think the world's a better place. So our, our relationship evolved. We ended up respecting each other. And, um, you know, when we left flow grappling, it kind of, you know, we were able to continue continue our friendship and and discuss things and ideas and possibilities. And this this kind of came up. Uh, you know, he's very resistant initially. Like he he did not want. You know, he wanted to do it himself. He doesn't want to. He, he's like me. It's very hard for me to let go of stuff too. Mm-hmm. And to, uh, you know, to, I, for me to say, hey, yeah, you can go match make my cards. I would like. Right now, at the point with my business, I could never do that. Yeah. So, 
um, for him to be able, you know, since 2015 out there putting on events all over the country. I mean, you can say what you want about him, but I mean, the man has created an economy and created a created a scene for mm-hmm. professional grappling by just going out there and busting his ass and really and really just grinding every weekend. And and it's not about money either. If you think we're out here getting rich and you know we're rolling in the dough, that's not the truth at all. I mean, anybody that's been around our events long enough or been around any event, you know, with real you know, aspirations of making it a business, not somebody just, you know, making it a honey hole and just throwing money at it. Yeah. You know, like if, if we're the ones that are actually trying to make it a business, like there's actual, you know, there's, <laughs> there's stuff that, you know, you got to do. But I think um, after we kind of had a blow up in public after that, it was just kind of a, uh, hey man, like, I'm sorry about this. This is why, I, you know, this happened. Me, I'm a reasonable guy. If you come and apologize to me and um, it's genuine and we can talk through it, we can get, I believe that pretty much every issue can be resolved that way. Yeah. You know, if, especially, you know, in business. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I said what I said to him and we understand each other. You know, I have a lot of, uh, some of the same, um, characteristics he does and we both have a flair for, for throwing a show. And, you know, I think with, um, you know, when it came down to it, he was coming to Houston and, um, you know, I helped him a little bit with the card. He literally booked the card like two days before because he was so behind and still <laughs> sold out the damn place. I was like, dude, I fuck, I hate you, dude. That's crazy. Like, I hate you. Like, I, I put in all this work. My team puts in all this work. And you're over here two days before. Boom. Sell out. Great show. I like, I'm, I hate you. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, so uh, funny. but like, that that's what he can do. And that's, you know, that's only going to get you so far so many times. But, um, you know, I believe, uh. After Missy, I believe, left Fight to Win, you know, uh, their their deal, um, it was just him. And so he uh, he reached out and offered me the job. And um, I was, like, kind of blown away by it. And I was like, man, that would be incredible, you know. And he was really professional about it. It was like, hey, go talk to your wife, you know, talk to your partners and, you know, just see how we can work this out and, and just let's, let me know. So I talked to my business partners and, you know, there there is potential conflicts there, but it's not anything we couldn't work out. So my partner, David, and I, we went and met with Seth, and we had dinner with him out you know, at a steakhouse in Houston the other night. And we, uh, we just talked through it all. And David got to know Seth, and we all got to kind of talk through potential plans for now and for the future. And it's exciting. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of change. Uh, but the man has a, he has a, a brilliant mind for, for the sport. For the backing, for the background of the sport, like being you know, financially and just you know being able to, he knows the sport like the demographics, how to make money better than anybody in the sport, hands mm-hmm. down. And we know how to throw, in my opinion, the best shows and the best matches and the best events around. So I think if we put these two things together, um, who knows? One day you might see a three CG fight to win merger. You might see. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, but uh, it's only good for the sport because me and him, I don't think there's anybody out there with a bigger heart. And a bigger, uh, a bigger drive to, to really push this thing to where it needs to be right now. I mean, I mean, we both put our balls on the line. We both have been out there in the trenches. Him, obviously, a lot longer than I have. But, um, no, it's, a, it's kind of an honor, and I'm, and I'm grateful. And, you know, I look forward to it, you know, working with people all across the country rather than just in Texas. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people are super excited about it. Just because both of you guys, it's very obvious that – you're trying to help the athletes. Like you're trying to give them opportunities to compete. You're trying to give them a stage to compete on and ways to promote themselves. So just having two people who are like that and like-minded, I feel like is only going to be a good thing for the sport. So do you want to talk a little bit about like the specifics of your role? I know you said you're going to be like a matchmaker, but like what else does that role kind of entail? You know, we're still, um, you know, fleshing things out. We still got some stuff to, but I mean, essentially right now, I mean, I'm just, you know, matchmaking and also supporting wherever he needs it at, you know, whether, you know, wherever it is. But uh, I think eventually the goal is going to be that I'm going to be actually on site for fight to win events, mm-hmm. you know, twice half the month and he'll be, you know, home half a month and we'll just balance it back and forth. But uh, until then, I think there's going to be some times, you know, where I, I need to shadow him and just kind of be there, you know, with him, you know, through a, you know, through a couple of months or a few shows. And then when we get deep into the fall, when this kids start having football and all this other stuff start firing up, I'll be able to give him a little break and then, you know, kind of take over some things and, and give him some breathing room. Because he also, you know, he has other things he wants to do with mm-hmm. his MMA stuff and, all, you know, everything else yeah. is going on. So, I mean, with 3CG, we're, we're, 
we're we're building a team right now. You know, our team is is uh, finally getting to where we need it to be, to where it can run. You know, I wouldn't say autonomously, but I mean, it's going to allow me to be a little bit more free to 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 do a, a couple of other different things because I'm putting these teams in place, and my partner David and I are really working on the the processes and different things. And the big events we, we're doing are only going to be four to six times a year. You know, we're focusing on like our three CG open, our kids event. Mm-hmm. We're going to do like four of those, four opens, four to six big events. And the big events and the kids, I mean, I'm involved deeply in all of it, but like the big events is where, you know, my full, you know, that's where my full stuff and my full attention will come in. And the three CG opens and stuff, my partners are very, you know, um, very competent and they're, you know, hard workers and they're, and they're great. And so it, it just, free, it's great to have good people around me again and not be such a bare bones operation and. You know, we're all positive and happy and, you know, pointing in the right direction on the 3CG side. And then with Fight to Win, it's just, it's great for both of us. You know, it's great for my brand with Thurco's Grappling. And it's great to get to learn under Seth and, uh, you know, um, you know the experience of working with, uh, you know, you know, a, you know athletes across the, you know, across the nation. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a win-win. I mean, it's like getting an internship under, like, uh, Don King or something if you're coming yeah. from boxing. So it's kind of cool, you know. Uh, it's uh Say what you want about Seth, but he's uh, he keeps it real, and he's uh, he's been doing it longer than anybody. So much respect. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and one thing I think about with the matchmaking is like like we talked a little bit about it before we started recording about like how how good you are at matchmaking right now, or how much better you've gotten at it since you started. But like how how difficult is it to put together a card like a fight to win card for someone who you know maybe they they're a big big jujitsu fan and they're like oh I can think of these matches I'd like to see but to put together a card from like top to bottom that's exciting that are relatively you know competitive matches how how difficult is that and like what does what does that take do you have like notes that you're referencing is it just all from the top of your head like how how difficult is that well with um like with fight to win they have a lot of matches on the on their events like sometimes right. 50 matches 40 matches mm-hmm. but Seth gets literally thousands of applications a week i mean he has a database and and spreadsheets and stuff full of i mean <laughs> you go type in scottsdale arizona type in houston texas i mean yeah. it's just um when you have that sort of access and you have emails and you have contact information and you know and you're as adept at you know you know using social media as as we are you know you can get a hold of anybody through instagram facebook email email to me is kind of like an outdated kind of technology with because people yeah rarely check it unless you're me i'm obsessive about my email but um you know building those cards i think uh the the main thing is going to be is tapping into the local scenes and finding out what matches are big to them so that's Mm going to go to me like outreaching to the professors or the main players if i'm seeing a lot of applications from a certain school or from this or that i'm going to reach out and say hey you know who you got who your best guys this and that did they apply you know there's a more of a process to it i mean yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it'd be great to have 50 great matches, but, I mean, there's going to have to be, you know, a, a little give and take there, you know, to where you're going to be bringing in people, you know, you may have never heard of or there's no tape on or, or this or that, but coach might say, hey, they've, they've done well at, you know, an IBJJF or this or that, and so you just kind of go with it because that's kind of been my my approach is uh, is that it's good to involve the professor in, as, long, as well as the students in, uh, in the process because... The professors at the end of the day in those areas will know who's what and you know who to work with and who not to so mm-hmm. that's probably um, that's probably that's probably the way i'll approach it and uh you know once you get that going i mean you start confirming matches locking them up and then and off we go yeah that's awesome so so why do you think that a partnership like this is important because i i know jujitsu it's growing a lot it's you can see new strides in the competitive aspect in the professional scene like every single year but like you said earlier like a lot of times the people from Flow Grappling or the people from Third Coast Fights when they all kind of operate a little bit separately. But why do you think it's important to have a merger, not not a merger, but a, a partnership like this where you can both work together and try and grow the sport together instead of doing it from completely diff- different ends? Well, because you know Flow Grappling, they have um, you know they have a great product with uh, with what they're doing with who's number one and, and whatever, yeah. and you know they've uh, you know they're trying to really. Uh, I guess legitimize the sport in their eyes the way they see it, their vision for it. Mm-hmm. And um, their vision is more skewed towards your jujitsu practitioner because who's going to buy a flow grappling subscription? 
like somebody that trains or, yeah. you know, like it's not going to be some random, like mom and pop aren't going to go buy, pay $130 to watch a little Jimmy on fight to win. Like they're yeah. gonna be like, sorry, just send me the Instagram video, you know, like, like yeah. it's like, that's who's buying it, you know? Yep. So, I mean, for what they're doing, I mean, if their demographic is basically practitioners, probably male ages, I would say 25 to 45 would probably mm -hmm. be there because it's not cheap, you know, like, I mean, to yeah. train and do all that. I mean, generally people have money that do that, but definitely, um, I think with, with that platform, I mean, it's going to grow jujitsu, obviously with the ADCC world championships on there. I mean, that's great for grappling and all that, but I think that even that ADCC could be seen by a more broader audience and, and if they weren't just, you know, on flow grappling, but I mean, that's the only place I think that's logical at the moment for them to do it. So, mm -hmm. so whatever props to them. I don't know their business, but I think flow grappling is good for if your goal is to just appeal to practitioners or people that do the sport. Like well, that, our move to fight was to really kind of break it open to the mainstream and trying to get some people to take a look, just look at it, check it out. You know, if you don't like it, cool, whatever, but get an, a broader audience involved, get more of the wrestling crowd, get more of a mainstream audience, get, you know, we did a lot of um, press and interviews uh, for this last event with mainstream news outlets. I was on local TV news. I was on national yeah, news. I, I, was on ES, I, was on ESPN, awesome. I was on ESPN radio. I was on, I mean, all of our coverage in Brazil, we were on the biggest magazines and biggest articles. I mean, like the, like Globo sport. I mean, the biggest like publications in Brazil are covering our events. And that's been a big push that I made into there with fight PR, but also with Vitor Fretes. Uh, he's a, he's really good, really good great guy. In Brazil. Yeah. He's a great guy. Really yeah. like Vitor. He's helped me out a lot in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's just about building that team as well on the PR side. But, you know, us getting that coverage from down in Brazil and then in America, you know, we're getting picked up by, you know, these great, you know, these great publications as well. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of serious XM stuff with like J Jimmy Smith. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got to do, I mean, it's just been that type of coverage for grappling isn't seen if you're on flow grappling. Because flow grappling is generally, you know, they do all their own stuff. They're promoting internally. They're, you know, they don't feel that probably spending the time and effort, you know, outreaching to that mainstream audience is worth it because they're targeting people that are already training, not necessarily people that aren't going to be out, you know, that aren't. So, you know, us, we're trying to capture more of an audience, more, you know, really do some outreach into Brazil. But I think it's important to be able to have that. Like, ever since, like, Android came out, you know, like, open source, like, Mozilla mm -hmm. Firefox, open, I love open source uh, software, open source, you know, anything open source that, where the people can see it, can see the code, and really kind of, and I, I like to consider 3CG as kind of an open source for the people, by the people kind of grappling promotion, and that's, uh, I think our brand is exciting, I think our brand is edgy, I think with some more tweaks and some more, uh, you know, upgrades that we're, that we're doing, it's going to really be able to be the complete package because we do all the stuff that you see in house, like the, the videos, the, you know, anything you see for the broadcast, that's all our team, mm -hmm. like the team that's been with us since day one. And we've slowly been able to improve and, you know, do things as we scale back. But, um, I think having that ability to, it really pigeonholes you, you know, on a platform like that. Whereas with fight, it's basically pay-per-view. You can buy it if you want, if you want, if not, don't buy it. And then, you know, we own, we still own all of our content. We own all of our match footage, so they don't own that. So we're able to license that out and use the footage and give it to the athletes so that they can, you know, promote themselves. And it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a different, it's a different view. I think if um, we're going to grow the sport exponentially, I mean, people are signing up in droves right now to train, they're, but they're training in for D classes because it, the majority of people signing up are hobbyists. Yeah. And it's an easier intro to this. Most people want to watch Nogi. So the issue that people are having is that you have all these guys signing up to train in the Gi, but most of the shows are being Nogi because generally that's what people want to see yeah. or for you know, viewership numbers have been. So there's kind of some dissonance right now, I think, in the sport, in the growth of the sport, that I think uh, inclusion and being able to be more open source and open access like I want our events if you want to pirate our events uh, release it the day after I don't care like get it out there get it out to as many people as you want download it illegally a million times I don't care 
Like literally get it out there because that's the issue is if you're just going to have your arms around something and say, hey, I want this, I want you to pay this amount of money and then you pay it and you feel underwhelmed. I mean, that's not, that's not good for anybody. Yeah. So we prefer, uh, you know, the route we're taking. I'm not saying never say never about this. Flow Grappling is doing some great things. But like I said, they're really catering to just the, the jiu-jitsu practitioner. Whereas, you know, with our shows, our live show, I mean, we have repeat buyers that come in, that come back, that don't even train. I mean, every time people are excited, they've had a great, ask Jake, even just for our kumites. I mean, it's a different vibe, man. Like Mm -hmm. people, I mean, you have your huge number ones who are real nice. It's real well well produced and and all that. And, you know, it looks nice. But then you have ours. It's the same thing. But ours is like a damn rock show. And it's like (laughs) people are out there drinking, having a party, loud music. People, it's. People are dancing. I mean, athletes will tell you that our stage is not like any other stage in grappling. It's not like anything else you'll see. But so I think with combining our unique, you know, take and vision for the sport with Seth's already kind of established, you know, foothold on a lot of markets in in throughout the U.S., mm-hmm. I think combining our talents can be good because he's kind of a, I won't say he's resistant to change, but he's really regimented. He doesn't like, you know, he's used to what he's used to. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I already asked him, I'm like, Hey, do you care if I do some tag team matches or do you care <laughs> if I do that? He's like, no, no, no. So I'm like, I'm trying to work, I'm going to work on him, but I'm like, dude, I want to put my stamp on a few of these things. Like, let me, let me go crazy a few times. I promise it won't be a, it won't be a, I promise it'll be awesome. Yeah. Bring but, some uh, of that third coast grappling flair to the events. <laughs> yeah. So I want to, I just, like I told him, I was like, I want to make it my own. I don't want it to just be, you know, jabroni A versus jabroni B, you know, yeah. like I like to get into it. So but, uh, you know, there's still some work to be done on that side. We'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. So I do want to get into your last uh, Third Coast event. I believe it was Third Coast 7. Is that the yeah. correct number? Okay. Is, unless there's anything else you wanted to touch on with the, the fight to win job. No, man. I mean, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's uh, been a crazy road to get here. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I'm excited to help the man out. I mean, he's done so much for the sport. And, uh, you know, I was on the verge of also myself, you know, just because my business was streamlining a lot of things, I was going to potentially take another uh, – you know, I got an offer to take a job out into the, you know, out into back into the private sector, you know, go mm-hmm. make eighty and hundred thousand dollars a year or something. I was just getting tired of, you know, <laughs> this the grind of, you yeah. know, what we do day in, day in and day out. But you know, with my with three CG and us making some changes and streamlining, I almost did that. And so Seth basically was like, dude, after all you've done and everything you've you do do, he's like, there's no way you should be having to do that. He's like, so, uh, you know, it was. It was cool, man. Like, I have a lot of respect for him. And um, he's one of the most misunderstood people in the industry, I think. But mm-hmm. great guy, solid guy, super smart. And uh, I'm excited to work for him and uh, you know, continue learning, continue growing my brand, and then help out where I can with Fight to Win that's already well-established. So That's awesome. Yeah, we're at the whole Juicy community is super excited. You could definitely tell there's, like, a lot of buzz online since you guys made that post. So There's no negativity. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> we, we laugh about it because it's like, no one talking after shit. An, it's crazy. Yeah, after an event, after an event, all right, it's it's one of two things. It's everybody's talking shit, and you're like, oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely messed up. And then there's silence. Yeah. And you're like, we nailed it. <laughs> we nailed it. Where are you at? Like, where where the haters at, man? Like, where are you guys at? Like, we we crush it, and y'all y'all want to talk about how the lighting was a little blue on the edge of the stage, and like that's when you know you've won. Yeah. When they're quiet or they start nitpicking, and I'm like, get that get out of here. I don't even read any of this stuff anymore. Like it's been the healthiest thing I've ever done. It was like, I literally do not get involved in that. Like, like I'll, I have a guy that does some Reddit stuff. He'll go post some stuff. I might go read, you know, the responses there. I might mess around here, but getting away from like the comment sections and the Reddits and the, and just the, the toxic part of this industry where people are, you know, you guys set boundaries. And after me Absolutely. telling a few people to fuck, to fuck off, basically, excuse my language, you know, like, People don't bother me with that drama stuff. They don't send me these crazy screenshots or want to trying to stir stuff up. You know, I like I tell them to keep that stuff far away from me. Like if I get, if I got a problem with you, like it's my problem, not something that's you know being <laughs> passed around and misinterpreted. You know, yeah. There's a, and there's a lot of that in the sport. You know, Absolutely. there's a lot of people really shady, really snaky, and uh, if you stay out of it, I mean, you you got nothing to worry about. So I feel like that's a good segue into Third Coast Seven because everyone had rave reviews about that event. And obviously the, the Nogi Grand Prix was like the big focus of it. And having Mika Galvao on it and just having that performance from him was unbelievable. People, people loved it. So do you want to talk about that event? Like, I know you guys oh, said it was man. like one of, your, one of your best ones. And 
Um, I think it. I, like I, that, but. I, I think it was our best event, hands down. This was one that. Um, this was one that like. You know, Third Coast Grappling Four was supposed to be this event. Like mm-hmm. I poured everything, like everything, heart and soul, like everything I could, every idea, every just everything was just like it was going to be perfect. And so 3CG7, I had a lot of emotions, you know, leading up to it because, you know, as we are evolving as a business, as we are, you know, getting things structured, there is, you know, changes here and there. And, you know, with venues, issues here and there, like we had some venue issues that they kind of screwed us on. And, you know, we sell over 20, almost $30,000 in tickets. We end up with like a $6,000 check at the end of the night. We're like, what? <laughs> like, like, And it just turns out like it's just a bunch of, you know, just, just, a, just a tough lesson to learn. But... Mm-hmm. The event from um, production and an, and an execution standpoint, I mean, I think that was the most organized that I've been. I th- and I think that was one of the hardest events for me to actually really put together because I was fighting a lot of different outside uh, influences at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I mean, there's no lie that flow the, the, the I'm not going to say their name because I don't want them to sue me. But, <laughs> uh, you know, there was no hiding it that they were trying to counter program our events i mean there had been multiple times i mean that that has happened the last two events especially and um we've had athletes having to pull off oh they asked us to you know i can't do both this and that and so um you know they put oliver taza who was uh in our thing he's excited in kind of a tough spot and i told him he can't fight mika gabao <laughs> if he if he competes for us still so uh you know oliver you know, is a great guy. I really like those guys. And he, uh, yeah. he pulled off to fight Mika and I was, wasn't mad. I was like, whatever. I'm not mad at the kid. I know it's mm-hmm. BS politics he's dealing with. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be upset at him or punish him or anything. So, but I did, you know, kind of, you know, after that happened, you know, um, Andrew Tackett was going to step in and, uh, he was doing well, but he got really sick all of a sudden. And it was just one thing after another. And I finally was just like, you know what? I'm going to go get, Mika Gabao. And I made the decision and I, I said, you know what? Taza pulled out to fight Mika. <laughs> I was like, I told Taza I did not think it was a good match for him and I thought that they were uh, I mean, it was going to be a great experience for him, but I told him straight up, hey man, no hard feelings or whatever, but I think this is a bad matchup for you. I think uh, you know, it's kind of a trap match. I was like, there's nothing to gain. I mean, gain, but a lot to lose and the kids, he's really tough, but you know, Oliver was even like, hey, you might be right, but you know, I got to do this and that. So I was like, cool. Props Good to luck. him. He, he fought great. Yeah, he fought great. <laughs> that was I mean, great he, he, it was a great match. But, uh, yeah. you know, I told him, man, good luck. And, you know, he went out there and you know, he tried his best. But Mika came over the next day, and uh, <laughs> I've never seen anything like that, man. Like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Incredible. And the kid, uh, you know, and it, it's funny how it came to be. Victor Doria from um, from Fight Sports uh, Management, Fighter Choice Management, he's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he represents a few of the guys. And, um there was an issue. I wouldn't call it an issue, but there was some behind the scenes stuff that was preventing me from getting Mika because Mika was my target initially, mm-hmm. but there was some stuff in the background that I can't go into. But, um, I finally just made the call to Vic to, to a couple of people. And I was like, look, this is the situation. It's shame, blah, 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 blah. I basically had to, you know, pull out my best deal making shoes, which is, you know, basically every day. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I'm calling Victor, I'm calling this guy, I'm calling this guy, getting this guy, that, blah, 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 blah. And by the end of it, we had Mika Gabao confirmed for the position that Oliver had to initially pull out. And Oliver had to fight Mika the night before. And Mika beat him. And then Mika came to 3CG7 and just, it was unreal, man. Like the whole, the, the way it played out, how dramatic it was. I mean, it was just, I, I, I don't know, man. The event was incredible. And it was uh, it was definitely a peek at what our potential is, and and where we plan to go with our with our uh, with our brand. I mean, there's no stopping it. I mean, there's we're just moving forward. But that so, yeah, Mika Mika's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. What, what were your ex- like? Obviously, you knew he was a great competitor and had amazing skills. But what were your like honest expectations before that tournament started? Because me and Jake got to commentate for EUG, and he competed in mm-hmm. that as well. And yeah, we thought he was. That, that, yeah. that what he did to Tynan, I was like, oh my god! What he, I was like, I've never ever. I've seen Tynan do ungodly things to my teammates. Yeah. Like at some of these Houston Opens and stuff, he'll come in town and like one of my good friends, Mo, fought him at Bluebell, and he like put seventy something points on him or something <laughs> crazy. 
And then, like, the Arande brothers, like, my friend uh, Austin and uh, Oh, Damian, I love those. Yeah, we love those uh, You know, I, I think he fought Austin, and he put, no, like, no six. Pants. Yeah, like, it was, like, too, 60 yeah. or 70 points. Like, that is disrespectful. Yeah. That, like, if you do that, just, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so, like, um, I, I see this guy. I see Tynan doing this to people, and I wanted to watch that match so bad because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see Tynan lose. I just, it's because, I mean, I don't dislike him. I think he's extremely talented. And, you know, being able to do that to somebody is great, but I think that's very against what our sport should be about. Like, if you can put 73 points on somebody, you can submit them. You know what I mean? Like, there's no need to go out there and just and do that to somebody. Like, even in football, you're up 40-something to nothing on somebody. You put the second stringers in, you run the ball, and you just try not to get injured. But, I mean, so it was uh, with Mika versus him, I was, I was really excited to see it. And uh, to see him do that was just like, whoa. I, it blew my we mind. Were, we were shocked. We could not believe it. And y'all called it perfect, too. Y'all called it perfect. Y'all freaked out. Y'all did, yeah. like, your best, like, Joe Rogan, uh, Daniel Cormier impression. We lost our minds. It was an, it was incredible, man, what he did to – I mean, Tynan is the best, like, one of the best. I and mean, he's he's going to be the be- one of the best of all Absolutely. time, I think. He's incredible. But, and, you know, like, I say what I say about the, the score thing and all that. I just think that that's unnecessary, you know, to do that to, to athletes that are – you know, just out there doing what they got to do, especially to guys like Austin or to, you know, other people. I just don't think that's a good message to send. Like, cool, you're, you were dominant. <laughs> like, I can go into my gym right now and I can put 73 points on a blue belt. And what, what does that prove? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, just like, it's it's like, come on, man. Like, uh, you're so macho. You're so bad. You're such a badass. Like, submit him. <laughs> that's how that's how you show you're a badass. But, so, so after the, the EUG event, did you – because, like, the third coast Kumite bracket was insane. Like, you had John, John Combs, ADCC veteran. You had Pedro Mourinho, who's incredible no-gi, also an ADCC veteran. Did you think Mika had a good chance at, at winning the bracket before it started? I thought it was going to come down to – I was very impressed. I was very the, – the wild card that we got thrown was Pedro Hocha. I mean, mm-hmm. the match with him and Gustavo Batista was terrible. Like, I yeah. wanted to, like, stop it right there and just kick them both off the stage. But I, I love them both. But I, that was a stinker. It was terrible. And, um, yeah. you know, it was more Pedro refusing to engage with Gustavo's dangerous guard and just kind of yeah. being tactical, playing the rules. Pedro's competed for us a bunch. So is Gustavo. Mm-hmm. So they knew what they were getting into. But um, Pedro was very, very good. He did very good in that tournament. Yeah. And then um, his match with Mika was insane. So crazy. Insane. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's just – it was it – was, I don't know. Just to see it live was – it was crazy. That double leg that Pedro hits it damn near spears him through a table off the mats. That it was, was just it, it was it was great. But um you know, when Pedro and I thought it was gonna be Gustavo and Mika. And I thought yeah, that was gonna too. be I thought it was gonna be very tough. I thought it was gonna be a tough match for Mika, but uh I yeah, I mean I can't lie. I, I if I had to say I, I would have picked somebody, I would have gave Gustavo a slight edge just mm-hmm. based on experience. But after what I saw in that uh, in the first round with Mika and, and Combs because I know Combs is is not a, is no joke definitely not he's and, super um, tough I've seen him beat people that I mean he beat Pedro Mourinho mm-hmm. I mean he, I've seen him beat some really tough guys I mean Cody Steele he beat he beat Cody he just he he dominated Jake. Cody he beat Jake yeah I mean he's beaten a lot of really yeah, really really tough guys so when Mike Mika's going out there doing flying mirror locks and all kinds of stuff I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, John. Like, me and John and all of us got <laughs> completely shit-hammered after the event. And, uh, and I was just, yeah, I was like, I'm so sorry, man. And, like, uh, he was, I just kept making fun of him. I was like, how's it feel to get choked out by a teenager in front of oh everybody? And he was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and we just, it was a lot of fun. We just kind of sat around, and there was a few of the other guys. Uh, Adam Benewin from uh, Ryan Halls, who had a group. Oh, that was his another, match was in- incredible too. I with Jordan Holly, like Jordan mm-hmm. is no joke, dude. Like he has yeah. been with us since day one, and uh, I was, I knew a little bit about Adam, but I was still kind of, you know, not sure. And then it clicked. I'm like, wait a minute, he's a Ryan Hall guy. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I was like, he's gonna literally know every counter to every counter to every leg attack there is known to man. And Jordan's heavy on that game, so. Those counter to like back takes to mount to like the leg lock stuff. It was beautiful to witness. Like, if you're a fan of, like, 
technique and like leg lock defense and counters like that's a great match to watch and the way you control because, the mount with like the body uh, lock from top with the body lock from top yeah. i was like oh. dude i could never do that that was crazy i could probably do it to like a nine-year-old or something <laughs> yeah. but, like, like, that's about it but it was um you know it was incredible but the match with him and pedro you know uh pedro's uh professor opiano is a good friend of ours a good friend of the um good friend of the event he told him like hey when you go to pass do not get your arm don't try to go for that, you know, deep underhook on that far side just because of the kid's flexibility. And Pedro kind of, you know, he went to dig for it, and you know, Mika caught and trapped that arm, and with his flexibility, was just able, you know, like that. And so it was, fast the way it, and came it was on. over. It was just like, and then you see Pedro what he's doing now. Like he's probably on submission underground right now. Smack. He probably smashing. I think he's fighting Andy Varela or somebody. Yeah, Andy Varela. That's gonna be a good match. But yep. uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like that that event was it had it all. It was amazing. Our team's uh, format was a big success. I'm really uh, you know with our team we're starting to really I'm gonna make a big run at formalizing that and making that an actual possibly independent platform. You know, uh, third coast grappling, not, you know, like do an only teams event because you know, that was mm-hmm. so much fun. Um, and I think it has a lot of uh, potential. You know, with our rule set and the way we kind of set it up to be to be exciting for when we go. You know, we start hitting the road because you know. In the future, we do want to eventually. Seth's going to be on the West Coast. I want to be on the East Coast. Seth's on, uh, you know, in Texas. I want to be in, you know, California. You know, we eventually want to be in that cycle. You know, we're, you know, we're just, you know, crisscrossing the country and, and, and spreading the gospel because that's, that's how you get to the hearts and minds. I mean, why do you think politicians are always on the road? You know, going <laughs> city to city, shaking the hands, kissing the babies. Like you've got to be out there, mm-hmm. every day in the trenches, talking to the people, working with people, making matches. You know, making moves, you know, doing something that actually contributes to the community rather than, you know, a bunch of drama and BS and divisiveness. Like, we'll work, I'll work with anybody. I don't care who you are. So it's, uh, you know, I just, I've just, after my experiences early on in the industry, it really taught me some lessons to, that have, that have, uh, that have been great for me, you know, till, you know, moving forward. I mean, everything's been good. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of kind of segues nicely into my my last question for you. I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but um, what advice would you have for someone who wants to make an impact in the jiu-jitsu community, like someone like you or Seth who throws on, puts on events and like, you know, gives opportunities to all these athletes and they want to make a living out of it? Like, what advice would you give to them if they're just starting to see that right now and they want to start putting some steps into action? My biggest piece of advice would be get an amazing graphic designer really interesting <laughs> get an amazing graphic designer. it makes sense but go, somebody go that will help you build your logo mm-hmm. somebody that can help you build awesome posters somebody that can help you build your brand and your identity because yeah. if the first thing that i will do if i see a, a poster for an event and it's misspelled or it's ugly or it's like a screenshot and you can see where they cropped it wrong or it's this I will literally never look at that event again. And mm-hmm. now maybe I'm being extreme, but like as a business owner and stuff, like misspelled words, like I will lose my mind over. Like I'm not yeah. like, I'm like that. Like when it comes to our video stuff, I'm, I produce all of our, our video content and everything. I'm there picking the scenes, picking this, the transition, this, the music, like with my video, with my video team, like I'm that like involved with that stuff. So mm-hmm. I would say, don't compromise on your vision. Don't copy everybody else. Like, cause I mean, obviously if you're going to, I mean, what we're doing right now is, is okay, but there's so much more that can be done. So I, I would say come at it from a different angle. Don't try to co- do what everybody else is doing. Like come at it unique, come at it fresh, you know, be humble, you know, don't mean asshole like I was, <laughs> or it still can't be. Um, and just, you know, don't let people don't let people influence you, you know, because there's a lot of people that are gonna want to be your friends because you can get them a match or that you can do this or that or they want to get some influence because they want to get their guys on your card or this and that. But you have to learn to be your own man, and you have to if you're gonna be in this business, you gotta have a spine and you gotta be able to just tell people to go fuck themselves. Excuse my language, but you've got to be able to just you've got to take because I was way too soft in the beginning. Like I thought it would just be you know all idealistic, this and that, spread this. You know, it's gonna be the you know. But it's business, and business can be cutthroat. And jujitsu yeah. business is not just regular business. You got egos, you got arm bars, I mean, you got everything <laughs> in the mix. And 
jujitsu dispelling the ego is the biggest fucking lie I've ever heard in my life. I know, yeah. That one, that so, one irks me when I hear it still. <laughs> because it, if you have an ego already, it just makes it that much bigger. But um, I would say graphic designer, make sure your stuff looks good. Don't go out there looking like a jackass with messed up stuff. You know, Make sure your website, make sure. I mean, if you don't have the money, we started 3CD with nothing. I didn't have any money to start this. You know, It wasn't like, oh, here. You know, like I got a friend of mine from the music industry. We worked together. And we came up with the first Circo's Grappling logo, and he helped me with some stuff. Then I used a friend from the gym, you know, that did some video work. He helped me with that. You know, then I, you know, our first posters were horrible. We just tried <laughs> to design them ourselves. And uh, I was like, I'm not putting these out there. I'm not doing it. So, I'm like, I'm on Fiverr working with, like, somebody in Pakistan, like, to, to help me, <laughs> to help make me flyers until, thankfully, I found Hosanna, who has been with us since day one. And she's uh, my right-hand gal. And she's who makes us look good, our graphics and our fight posters and everything. Me and her work very closely together. I can be like, I want it to look kind of dark, uh, kind of fall, and I want some, you know, some maybe some fire, and I want it to look more edgier, a little darker. And here, look at this example. And then I'll draw her something in MS Paint, all ridiculous, <laughs> and I'll send it to her. She's but like, we, oh, I can do better. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like to, to kind of convey my ideas to her. Like, you have to be creative. Like, you mm -hmm. have to be able to... Uh, you have to be able to convey the way you see things to the people around you. And you got to bring in talented people eventually, you know, like um, that's my biggest thing is make sure if you're, you can't do it all yourself. You can't do it by yourself. So make sure um, you have a great team around you and make sure that if you're going to bring in business partners that you, you really know your business partners because uh, you know, that can be a big issue also. But thankfully I have great business partners, you know, it's just, you know, it's just four of us and um you know, they've been supportive. They hammer me on, on things because, uh, you know, I can be a little loosey-goosey here and there. But uh, we have a great team, and um, that's another thing. So graphic designer, make sure you have good people around you. Use the resources at your gym. In jiu-jitsu, what people don't realize is we're all training, to, yes, but we're all from some completely different walks of lives. You'll have doctors, lawyers, graphic designers, rap stars. I mean, whoever. You don't know who you're going to, you know, until you get to know your people. Yep. So try to utilize your community as well. You know, utilize the, the guy that's a graphic designer at your gym or utilize the guy that's cool with the videos or, you know, you, you know, like it's, it's more about we built our business with people from our gym. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like this isn't like, I mean, these are people that, you know, I came up from White Belt with, you know. I mean, these are really good friends of mine, really close. And uh, I'm, I'm just fortunate. I think that you just have to make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. If you're in it to get rich like or make a bunch of money, like get out now. Like run. Like do not even think about joining this business right now. But if you're in it for the right reasons, if you want to make a little money, if you want to, you know, spread the world, you know, you know spread the sport, I mean, it's going to eventually pay off. You just got to put the time and the effort in and have the right goals and vision. Don't come in just trying to get rich and rip fighters off or do this or do that. You have to realize you have to play the long game because, you know, we tried to hack the line and play the short game, which kind of worked out and kind of got me in trouble financially a little bit. But, I mean, it it worked. Three CG and two and three were incredible events, like mm -hmm. you know that will go down in history. But, um, take risks. Don't let anybody tell you uh, you're too you're too uh, you're too new or you're too you don't know what you're doing or this or that. Don't let people that have a bunch of failed you know, promotions or ideas or stuff behind them, try to tell you how to run your business and have the balls in the backbone or as a lady, you know, have lady balls in a backbone <laughs> to, uh, you know, stand up for what you believe in. Don't let anybody talk down to your people and just be a leader and just execute your vision and don't compromise for anything. And um, if you let other people try to infiltrate what you're trying to do, it's no longer about what you initially started about. It's about what other people are trying to maybe steer you this way or do this or, you know, whatever motives. So keep it real, basically. That's keep it 100% awesome. real. Uh, get a good graphic designer. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. Uh, you get a good team of people around you that support you. And uh, if you throw an event, make sure you always pay the fighters no matter what. Yeah, we all went definitely. into debt, paying all credit cards, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the advice I can give. That's awesome Just, advice. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not promoting uh, any super fights or anything, but I think I'm gonna hire a graphic designer. That's step one. <laughs> but I'm just saying, podcast. man, like really, like look look the part. Like mm -hmm. you know, we had to fake it so long until we made it, and like we still haven't really made it in my eyes. Like I'm I'm constantly looking at 
P&L statements and looking at finances with my partners and like everybody's all happy about the event and I'm just like, ugh. Like we still got, you know, like, but that's what makes you guys what makes you great is you're always trying to evolve and you're always trying to make it better yeah man and i think with uh the experience i'm going to get under seth with fight to win and and you know um you know just more you know getting out there with our brand as well mm-hmm. is going to be it's just it's just great for the sport and like i said flow grappling is doing a great job with what they're doing for jiu-jitsu and growing their brand and who's number one yeah personally i think that's all they should do and they should just like kick everybody else off and just do your own thing like that's i mean yeah. if that's what you want to wor- do it's you're working pretty, so yeah, put your time and resources into all of it and stop spending your time and resources on things that you're just are causing problems for you. Because if I have a bunch of partners that are just messaging me because I'm not covering them enough every day and I'm making all my bread, you know, this way, I'm going to cut my, those people out and I'm going to focus on what's making me. So, look, I get it. I'm a, on the business side, but the way they went about it was kind of shady with some people and it's not really my fight. So I'm not going to get into it. But, um, you know, outside one or two people over there, I got nothing but love for them. Howell, Chase, um, Reed, uh, Tori. I mean, there's there's great people over there. But, yeah, there's definitely great people there. Yeah, so I, I I don't have that kind of animosity towards towards anybody anymore. I mean, it's not healthy. It's not productive. And you know, I've been humbled so many times over the past you know 16 months, just personally, you know, business wise, everything that I'm just grateful that we're still here. And uh, you know, I'm getting an opportunity to continue to to do what I love for a living. So that's awesome. So yeah, thank thank you so much for your time. It's been coming up on an hour. We're really appreciative of all the work you've put in for Third Coast. We're super excited about the fight to win partnership and everything like that, and you being the matchmaker. So just want to let you know that we uh, recognize all the work that you're putting in. We're very grateful. So well, Danny, I, pr- I appreciate you, man. And uh, tell Jake, uh, you know, I'm, you know, we'll try and pencil it into his busy schedule next time so that he <laughs> yeah. can. Uh, so that he can be here, old Golden Throat himself. You know, oh I'm my God! Kidding. I know so it was funny. more on my side, but like I told you, I was we had a missing dog today, and he was like my, he's like my little son. So oh, like, I was like, <laughs> I was like about to go Liam Neeson on him and take him <laughs> and go on. on go, I basically did to go find him, but um, glad you yeah, said <laughs> it's, it's been a great, it's been a great chat, man. It's always good talking to you guys. So uh, yeah, uh, let me know once uh, you know if you guys want to chat again, and we'll uh, oh we'll, absolutely uh, catch up, we'll catch up around three uh, CG eight time. Absolutely, yeah. We'll definitely send you a message around that time and, and set it up. But thanks again, Ryan. Really appreciate it. This has been Ryan, episode man. 101 of uh, the Open Guard Cast, and we'll be back shortly with episode 102. Thanks, everyone, for listening.